Thought Pioneering is a FreedomCast production. You can learn more by visiting freedomcast.us, and if you'd like to support our work, you can go to freedomcast.locals.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Pioneering Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Shiansky, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing the creativity block, which can sneak up on you in the most critical moment, and ironically enough, is usually when you need to be the most creative. In this episode, we're going to first build awareness of what a creativity block can look and feel like, and then we can discuss some tactics that you may be able to try in the moment to get unstuck. I won't be doing this alone. To help me in this discussion, I've invited Caitlin Otis, who is a strategy consultant at one of the top leadership development companies, to join me in this episode. Caitlin's passion lies in advocating for her clients to achieve their paramount goals and desired outcomes. With a rich background spanning diverse industries, she possesses a profound understanding of what it takes to thrive, ensuring not only effectiveness, but also fostering a holistic sense of positive well-being. Caitlin's career journey has not only honed her skills, but also instilled in her a deep-rooted commitment to empowering others in their path to success and fulfillment. So, Caitlin, welcome to Thought Pioneering. Thank you so much. I'm excited to, to be here with you today. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. I know we wanted to talk about uh, the, the creativity block, um, what tends to happen. It's almost like that writer's block moment when we're trying to be creative. And, uh, and I know I had to talk to you about this too, but the reason why I wanted to bring you in is because But for one, you and I both started at the same time. We're on the same team and uh, we started at the same time. So we kind of went through the learning process together. Um, And so I I was talking to another colleague and I said, you know, I'm really happy to have Caitlin on here because I tend to go to you a lot sometimes. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm in a I am in a rut. I'm stuck. Can you help me think through this? And I know if you've probably seen that, like, hey, do you got a quick moment to chat? And like, yep, what do you got? And so I was like, why not just bring you in and let's record some of our thoughts here? Well, it's, it, it happens more than, uh, more than I, I think we think that it happens. I find every time I'm looking back at the, at the team's chat or, you know, phone calls we've had with, with not only just between you and I, with our other team, um, it happens a lot. And I think in, especially our space and our industry and our role specifically, it's, um, a lot of creativity has to be pulled in. So those blocks, they, um, they come more frequently than <laughs> we probably want them to be, but having an ally and a resource and someone to lean on uh, really, really helps. helps um, you. I definitely appreciate that. So I'll, I'll jump in by first um, looking at defining what a creativity block is. I'm, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to go to Joy Harjo, who is an American poet, author, and musician. I really liked um, her, her perspective on what a creative block is. And so using her definition, a creative block is a phenomenon that best is best described as an overwhelming feeling of being stuck in the creative process without the ability to move forward and make anything new. So in this case, you may find yourself staring at your computer screen, or, or if you're writing, maybe you're looking at a book, writing a short story, a, a blank page, or struggling to take the next step. So I'm kind of curious, and I'll, I'm going to get your thoughts too, because there's a lot of things that go on in my brain when I hit that moment. It's like, uh-oh, whoops, where do I go from here? There's so many, it's usually in the sense of so many different things floating through my mind. But for you, I want to get your thoughts first. What is usually going on uh, when, you, when you've reached that, that writer's block moment? Yeah, for me, I feel like the feeling is organized chaos, right? Like we know what we need to do, 
we're excited to do it because we love what we do. But there's just it you have to kind of sort and filter through process, emotions, tactical strategy. And so it's it's a lot at once. So I think naturally our brain probably just flows in a capacity of creating that block. And then I think that when I was uh reading the article as well that you shared, it's it hit it was so spot on when she talked about perfectionism and self-doubt. I think because innately people want to do a really great job and there's a project or something to uh, deliverable. And I think that perfectionist, you know, personality and, and those self-doubts, when that creeps in, that could be a, a huge part of why that block happens. Um, so it's really finding ways to get through those blocks and what's going to be working for you might be something completely different for someone else. Um, but I think just first stopping and recognizing and understanding that you're in a block um, is probably that first, first step. Yeah. You know, and that's a good point you bring up too. We, uh, and I know, <laughs> I know on our team, we tend to be our harshest critics, uh, of each other, not like of others on the team, but like we tend to be our own, like personally, uh, harshest critics. And so I'm not saying more or less like self doubt, but in some cases it's, it, it can feel like that imposter syndrome kicks in and it's like, Oh am I really the, the best person to answer this question? And so sometimes you get stuck. It's like, I, I feel like I can't answer this question or I feel like I can create something, but is it going to be like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be something that, that the, either the client wants to use or will they look at me and be like, Oh, I could have done that myself kind of thing. So there's, there is like that moment of like wanted, wanting to go to that perfection stage of like, this has to be the best thing they've ever seen. And so I think sometimes I know for me, I get hung up on giving them the best thing they've ever seen, which I really just got to go back to the root of what, it, what's the problem they're trying to solve. And so as we were talking, you know, as we're thinking about that part of it, I get hung up on the convergent thinking. And so I have all these, these idea, these facts floating around, like, I know what these are, but I have, I get hung up on what that answer should be. And instead, I need to also balance between divergent and convergent thinking. And so I, I did touch on that a little bit on one of the, uh, the earlier episodes, but I'll, I'll reiterate. So divergent thinking is uh, the creative process in generating original ideas and new possibilities, where convergent thinking is the process of finding concrete and familiar solutions to problems. And so I, I feel that a lot of times in the creative process, you have to balance back and forth. You have to be able to have that brainstorm. And then you have to be able to say, okay, now we've got all these ideas. What do we do with those ideas? You have to have that convergent thinking to say, we've got these ideas, but what's going to give us the best bang for our buck? Or what's, if we're looking at the term innovation, what's going to be the most value for the client? That's a, a new idea or whatever it may be. It, what is going to bring them the most value? Well, when we think about convergent thinking too, it's there might be so many, whatever you want to call it, facts, ways, ideas, there, there might be so many floating around, but how do we tone it back and dial it in to make it, I'm just, I'm, I'm so in this discussion, I'm just so honed in and focused on just this, this organizational aspect of it. Like it, it can be so chaotic, like I was saying, that organized chaos, but how do we really pull back and really just tighten up? where we need to deliver on that specific area. So I think with the convergent thinking, it's great to have all these ideas or facts floating around, but how do we make it really succinct um, 
you know, and match it to the point of what we're trying to get across to that deliverable. Another thing too, to think about is what can be going on in our brain. Like you said, the, the organized chaos, they're like, we're still some organization to it, but it's still pretty chaotic. There's, there, there's a lot of connections just firing off. And so maybe you might be stuck because there are, it is an abundance of ideas. There is a, there is, you know, yeah, you can have a lot of ideas, too many ideas. That's why usually in an innovative process, there's like the big brainstorm. And then people have to go through what is called like a selection process to where you, you kind of match the ideas against, okay, what is like whatever client or whatever, whatever I say client, but whatever stakeholder group you're trying to, to innovate mm-hmm. for, what is, what's going to bring the most value to them. And that going through a pretty rigorous uh, selection process can help. Sometimes we don't really know what that selection process should look like because in the moment we're like, we, we only have so much information that from the, for either from the client or from that stakeholder group that we've reached kind of like a limit. And so that's for me, I know that's where my block tends to happen. And it's more of, I got to go back now to the client or to the, to the person I'm working with. And say, okay. I have some ideas, but help me, help me think through this a little bit more. It's a target rich environment right now, but first let's, let's iron out and figure out where we need to focus the most attention to. And so for me, what's going on in my brain is there's, is a little bit overwhelming. There's a lot going on and trying to have the right selection process mentally to, to move forward can be a, a big, a big factor for me. Yeah. It's like that processing phase, right? Where we might be getting all of these ideas or understanding clients or stakeholders, desires, outcomes, and it's, we, we need a minute to process. And then we might need to circle back and get some, you know, clarifying information of, of how, in order to really execute, how is this going to be done? But it's, it's that processing phase too. I think, I know you and I are very similar. We get super excited if we want to just like help and throw something on the table and say like, here, like this is what I'm thinking. And it's, more of that again, just like understanding and processing time before we get too excited to, to you know, make that deliverable. Absolutely, yeah. I think the part of that that passion comes into play a lot there too. It's like love me, um, <laughs> but thinking through too, like how can it how can it make us feel? Um, I'll jump in first, and I get your thoughts too. For me, it can it can make me feel a little stressed if I'm I hit that creativity block, and most of the time it's because there's a deadline. It may not be like tomorrow or it may not be the next week, but it's usually like, it, I, it's so funny. Like I have the hardest time with like the deadlines that are like three, four months out. I'm like, Oh, I got so much time, but I don't have so much time. It's like that Willy Wonka. So much time, so little to do strike that reverse it. <laughs> um, and so it, it does feel in the case, like even though the deadline might be four months out, we know in our world that four months can, there's a lot that can happen. So other priorities may come in. So it's like, Hey, I want to try and get as much as I can ahead of time. And I'm pretty sure there's some like Pareto principle that's tied to that. I don't, yeah. yeah. So for me, a lot of what's going on in my brain is a little bit of stress. Like, Ooh, I need to get this knocked out. I have reached, I, I guess I've reached like a mental limit and I don't know how to move forward without like calling for help. And so kind of want to get your thoughts and look at what some factors that can lead to creativity blocks maybe as well. I get, I get anxious. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I want to, well, I want to do a good job, of course. I want to, I'm one of those people that if I have something on my do list, I want to check it off. I want to just check it off onto the next. So I think when I reach that creativity block and I'm stuck, I get anxious that I'm not going to be able to get it done or I want to get it done faster than I know I'm going to be able to get it done. Um, 
And then to your point, just like checking our internal resources and how are we going to help support each other through through that process. But yeah, I would say anxiety is probably the the emotion that that comes to the forefront when I when I'm in that block for sure. Yeah, and we don't even need a. We all, for the most part, we have a good understanding of what anxiety can do to your like critical thinking process, and so it can oh, kind yeah. of cloud it your judgment. No so, it makes no sense for us to have it, yeah. you know, but we we do, and um, it's just you know it's getting over that initial hump of mm-hmm. understanding and reminding yourself you can do it, and you know some ways to get through that. I know, we'll, and I'll jump into that later. So I don't want to, I don't want to jump into it now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's great. Uh, so what are some factors that you think can lead to creativity blocks? You know, I'm I'm speaking from, you know, my background and, and my kind of various industry knowledge. But again, with, with the intro that you provided, I've, I've had the opportunity to work for different industries. And I think it is um, really apparent that when the creativity block happens, right? It happens. It can happen out of nowhere. You can expect for it to happen and it doesn't happen. And conversely, (laughs) you can not expect for it to happen or vice versa, right? And I think some of those factors, um, again, I just go back to whether you're in the process or just beginning the process of something. I think the anxiety of of the completion of getting it done is sometimes what causes that block, right? Is that factor. Of I want to do a really good job. The anxiety starts coming into play. Kind of feel, you know, the convergent thinking has kind of gone out the window. Um, so I think from that standpoint, there's factors that can come about throughout that entire creative block process. Yeah, I would I would piggyback on that and say too for me, uh, what I've seen, uh, just not for myself but with others too, is that there tends to be like a limit of understanding there's the you know i talked about for me it might be like a, a limit of mental a mental acuity at that given moment in time and i know for some people too it may be i i don't know much more outside of this space so i can't really be creative because i've reached the maximum of like amount of knowledge that i know in this given area and so yeah. to do it on your own is is kind of tough at that point and there's actually an a research like an article out there and I may be calling that incorrectly but it's uh, it's neuroimage and it was done by uh, it's actually called creativity on demand so hacking into creative problem solving and it was it was actually done by uh, Zolt Beta, Stephen Smith and Joseph Orr uh, from Texas A&M University Gigum I I when I pulled this article I wasn't even thinking about it I was like oh look yeah. they, they cuz we I went to A&M and I know Caitlin you gave me a hard time like oh you had to choose any the chance, one any yes. chance you can pull in your A&M right yeah I love so when I was looking to for the citation I was like oh interesting <laughs> but the article is really interesting in the way that it talks about how creative problem solving can be enhanced the example they gave was like poetry or more artistic in the in the sense of like writing music, um, that, that type of creativity. And so it, it comes down to just a, not a, you hit the limit of knowledge. So if I'm writing a, if I'm composing a music and I only know five notes, well, my, my composition may be only inclusive of five notes, but if I have more of a better understanding of music theory and the, how to use, you know, crescendos and decrescendos and all these different things, I can then formulate something that is really 
becomes like a beautiful masterpiece. And so part of that to me, when I, when I read into that is it comes down to more of a growth versus fixed mindset. Now I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're not creative or you hit your block because you don't have a growth mindset. I'm saying you can, there's ability to move past it by having the growth mindset saying, you know, I've hit my limits. That's that fixed mindset. I've hit my limit. I don't know any more about this, but having that, that growth mindset aspect is I don't, I've hit my limit recognizing that and then going and looking for additional answers. So keeping all this in mind, you know, thinking through growth and fixed mindset, one of the ways that that can be helpful for people to move past a block, and it's more of like a mental exercise, really. Um, call it mental exercise. You know, there's a lot of other things too, physical exercises. I've seen it to where um, taking just that small break, say, I'm going to leave my computer. I'm going to go take a walk, get outside, get away from the screen, get away from whatever you're doing that task. Get your mind off it, go outside, walk, come back with a fresh set of eyes. I mean, I don't know if you're going to go pick up some new eyes somewhere, but come back with a fresh lens of things. And you're like, you know what? I can, it was very simple. It was, it really took more of a, I had to reformulate the problem and that was it. Um, There's some, also some like those mental exercises I was talking about. We did one years ago. I called it the paperclip exercise, uh, part of my old team. We had a leadership class and we were just trying to get them to think, you know, outside the box. And one of the exercises that they came up with was the, we call it the paperclip exercise. Here's a paperclip. You have 60 seconds. I think we gave them like 90, a minute and a half. How many different uses can you think of to use a paperclip? And you got people from all over, different backgrounds, different experiences. Uh, You got field people. You've got office people. Office people are like, we got this. And then, you know, put some paper together, bind it together. And the field people are like to pick a lock because I locked myself out of the truck. So like different ways. Again, if you look at how the diversity of thought pulls into that brainstorming piece. And you could also see how some thoughts may influence the rest of the ideas. So, for instance, I think we had one. It was around, uh, it was around the holidays. So here in the United States, there's everyone has a lot of people have Christmas trees up and and stuff, you put ornaments or you hang ornaments around the, the house. And so people were saying, yeah, you know, you can use a paper clip to, to hang an ornament. And then it's like, well, what else outside of that? Because you just got to keep going. There's no, like, rationale, like, well, is this going to be useful or not? Then it became more of, you, you know, that you can have the paper clip on a string and have the elf on the shelf hanging from the paper clip and zip line down. And then it's like, if you have enough paper clips, you could build a ladder for the elf on, and then it all went to elf on the shelf, but it was all how to use paper clips for elf on the shelf. And so, yeah, it just look at how that idea can also springboard you into a whole new category of ideas too. Uh, now I'm just thinking of all the ways I can use a paper clip. Well, so it's funny because every class we had, it was, there really, there's some similarities, but there are so many different, there's so many variances. That's why the, the importance of a diverse team is is so crucial, especially in that capacity where you're you know, developing or creating or innovating and having, you know, I know so much because of, you know, my background, you know, so much because of your background and to be able to collaborate and kind of dream up things together, you know, dream up ideas together. Um, it's just so much more valuable. So I wanted to try something here. I thinking about the remote associate test. I wanted to, I wanted us to try one. I've never done one. Um, I've seen the examples of kind of, I have a, a very high level understanding of what the the test is about. But I really, as doing the research for this episode, I was like, Oh, what is this? I'd, so if you're okay doing it 
on the podcast again. Yeah. I don't know where this can go, but I'll, I'll we'll pick like five That's or six questions. Yeah. And like uh, just piloting something new on a podcast. I'll share it here so you can see. So the, I'll just, for the audience listening, the remote association test, the or the remote associates test, the RAT, is a test of creative potential. It was developed by Martha Mendick in 1962 and has since been considered a valid measure of creativity. Creativity is an aspect of personality and more specifically the trait of openness to experience from the big five personality model. And so again, another one, and I actually talked about this in one of my first episodes is the, the, the big five, but another great test to measure your creativity is that that big five personality test and it's free. All right. So here are the directions. Each rat question presents <laughs> three keywords that are linked by a fourth word, which is the correct answer. So a typical person can solve most of the items marked as easy, about half of the medium ones and a few of the hard ones. So Scrolling down there, there are a blend. So we'll try a couple easy, get our brains warmed up, and then maybe I'll jump in the hard. Are there any very hard? Oh, geez, there are. No, oh. let's start in the very easy. Yeah, I know. Okay, so here we go. Uh, three words. Maybe this isn't such a good idea. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find this out together. Okay. Here we go. All right. So again, we're gonna have three words, and then we have to come up with that fourth word. All right. So the three words in the first one is cottage, Swiss, and cake. Cheese. Cheese. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, let me. I hope this is not case sensitive or oh it is case sensitive <laughs> okay well it is cheese the correct answer was cheese okay um rocking wheel high chair chair yeah correct look at that all right safety cushion point pen and yeah and ooh, is it pen, P-I-N, or P-E-N? P-I-N. Yeah, there it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, this is going to be good. Cane, daddy, and plum. I'm going to say sugar. Sugar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look at us. Okay, those are the very easy, in one easy. Let's go ahead and go to some medium. Oh, geez. Um, oh, no. Flower, friend, scout. I was going to say girl, maybe. Flower. Boyfriend, Boy Scout, still works. Boy, I, I, don't, I don't know. Sunflower, sun friend. <laughs> it's kind of scary how just the medium level is stumping us, huh? Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> let's try. <laughs> oh, it is girl. Oh, it is job. girl. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, that, the next one's an easy one. Let's go to another medium one. Uh, pie, luck, and belly. Hot. Pot? Okay. Oh, yeah. Pot pie. You're right. Yeah. Look at that. All right. All right. Woo. One more. I had to come back from that one. Yeah, I know. One more medium. Uh, opera, hand, and dish. I'm going to say soap. Soap? Yeah. Yeah, soap. Look at that. Okay. All right. That's the medium. See, creativity is so much better when you have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Let that yes. be the lesson from this podcast if you were to take yes. one. Yes. Okay, let's, let's go to a hard one. Yeah. Okay, so this one's is marked as hard, so we'll see. Um, stick, maker, and point. Match. Let's say match. Thanks, Kyle. Yes, yep. that is correct. Awesome. Okay, uh, dust, cereal, and fish. Oh, that was that's an easy one. I don't. It is? Was, well, okay, maybe because we, we yeah, it's bowl. I'm thinking bowl. Star. Oh. Oh. 
I was gonna say star, but I don't know about star cereal. That doesn't make much sense. It is bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Okay, that we'll do one more hard, then we'll go to very hard. This is kind of I actually kind of want to do. I want to do more of these. <laughs> okay, this one's right, cat and carbon. I would say I copy. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I wanted to say neutral. Yeah, I don't, let's see, copy. I think you're right, copy. Copy, copy it copy. is. Yep. Whoa, okay. Um, okay, now we're going to go to very hard, and we'll do a couple of these, because now I'm scared. <laughs> We've gotten uh, yeah. this far. I haven't gotten the hard, so. Um, oh, geez. Okay, home, sea, and bed. I would say shower or uh, floor. Floor, I don't know. Floor. Floor, let's try that. Oh, I can't spell. Ooh, it's not. Ooh, I wonder what it is. Sick. Oh, oh. sick. Bed sick, sea sick, oh, home sick. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness, yeah. All right, we got knocked down a peg. Any more very hards? Okay, ooh, here we go. Yeah. All right, trip, house, and goal. Is this like a soccer goal or like a goal of a, a goal of someone's? I guess that's for us to find out. <laughs> That's for them to ask and for us to find out. Trip, house, goal. Oh, I'm I'm stunned on that one. Field trip, no. <laughs> field goal. Oh, field goal. Field house. That could. That's got to be it. Let me try. Field. It. Yeah, field. What's a What's a field house? Um, hold, if I can spell, it is field. Okay, oh, I would say nice. like a field house. I don't know if there's. A house that's in the you field, in but Texas, so you probably have field houses. I, the best way I can describe. I wasn't in football, but um, it's a field house is like where the the team goes. Uh, it's almost like a locker room I could think of, or where we they have all the the materials. I'm really <laughs> maybe I'm not creative in that aspect. That was close. Okay, <laughs> okay, two more. We got two more here. Uh, fork. This is very hard. So fork, dark man. Fork. This is really hard. Dark man. I keep wanting to think of a utensil because of the fork. Duh. I don't know. What's your answer? What are you thinking? Uh, danger. Danger. Okay, we'll try it. Ooh, it didn't come up. What is the correct answer? It is pitch. Oh, I was, oh, uh, okay. A pitch man? I don't know what that, man, pitch? I don't know. Yeah. So, last one. Fence, card, and master. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, uh, fence, card, master. Hmm. Like, uh. People will probably a listen. Block? A block? You say block? I don't know. These uh, are very hard. Yeah, people are probably listening. Like, oh, it's easy. I know. Okay, the fence card master. Let's see what the correct answer. Post. Oh, post. Post. You're, yeah. Oh, okay, we can't end on that. Let's go to one last one. Do <laughs> um, a hard one so we can feel good about ourselves. Okay. Today. Office mail hat. Mail is like uh, postage. Office mail hat. That it looks like mall on land. It says mail. What's well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's mail. M a i l. I'm gonna laugh if it is post, and we just got stumped on it twice. <laughs> they can't do two posts. Yeah, can they? It's not box. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. One. I'm sorry. We gotta do one last one. I'll go. <laughs> okay. We'll do um, tank hill and secret hill, like H i l l. No. I'm going to lean in. Top, maybe? Oh, it is top. (laughs) 
Wow. Nice. Yeah, let's end on that one. Um, oh, gosh. That was, that was not as, that was more brutal than I thought, Kyle. Yeah, that was, that was pretty rough. Um, That's hard. <laughs> so, with that, wow. Okay, so there you go, folks. That is the random associate yeah. test. All right, so that, just want to get your thoughts, initial reaction, Caitlin. What did you, what did you think about that? You know, like, starting the very easy, I was like, this is good. No problem. Easy, you know, the easy level was easy. Yep. Once you get into medium, hard, and very hard. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think about how rapidly your brain tries to come up with the answer. You know, we weren't timed. You didn't have a timer. We weren't, you know, under the gun, but I think just naturally you just want to get it answered or complete it, you know? And yeah. I think that can also tie into that creativity block too. It's like, you just want to get it done. Um, we should have done, we should have done a test if we stepped away from our computer for a second and walked around outside and came back to it. If, if we could, if we could get it, but yeah, just interesting, interesting, more challenging than I, that I thought it was going to be. So one of the interesting things to think about too, I, I found as we were doing that is how many times have you reached just like we hit our own creativity blocks throughout that, that test. But one of the things that, that got me thinking about this too is, okay, well, what do you do to go past that? You know how there was a couple of times you and I bounced off of each other, those ideas. And you're like, oh, that might be it. Had a quick discussion and what would have been a block was averted. And we went to more of, we unclogged that, that creative thought process. And so as we wrap up too, and one of some of the tactics that we can deploy to get unstuck is it's okay to go to other people for inspiration. Now there's a difference between inspiration and plagiarism. Um, but I, I'll use our team and you, you too, as an example. Um, I know for me very recently, I hit a, I hit a block where it's like, okay, well, I, I do know what I'm trying to create. However, how I'm creating it, it's, it makes sense, but I know it doesn't, it could be a little bit better. And mm -hmm. thankfully, we have a team of just fantastic people that have various levels of experience in the industry. And we we go to our internal site and we look at what everyone else has done. And maybe there's a good chance that somebody or we ask a question on the, the message board, say, hey, I've got uh, this example with this client. Can you, does anybody have, uh, before I start going and creating things from scratch, you see that all the time. Has anybody mm -hmm. done something similar? Can you, can you share some ideas? And most of the time, a lot of people will come in and say, come into the rescue, say, yeah, I've done this, you know, exact thing. Here's take what you want from this and say, you know what? I can use part of this and then add in the piece that I needed to, to make it work for this specific client. So what I'm getting at is it's okay to go to, for me, it's okay to go into the people that you're in the trenches with to see, Hey, have you, have you, what would you add to this? Or can you, can you provide some insight here? Yeah, I mean, you're in your spot on. I think we are so fortunate to have such a abundant culture, especially with our team. Um, and I was talking to you about this the other day is like having that level of psychological safety to not feel bad, guilty, awkward, down on yourself for asking for help. I mean, that is such a blessing that I think that we get to work in that kind of world. Um, to be able to share creative arts of work, you know, they really are. And so to be able to not only feel psychologically safe, but feel like you're being supported and in an effort to really not reinvent the wheel every single time, time and time again. So I think if you can, whether that's, you know, finding that one person on your team that you can always go to or multiple people on the team or finding out who the subject matter expert is in certain areas, 
in your line of work and, and leaning on that and using that um, can really help with the blocks. And then I think so much of it too is like, that's one side of the coin, right? Is like not being afraid to ask for help and, and getting that support. But I think too, from like a personal standpoint, I know for me, if I get stuck, I have to step away from the computer. Mm -hmm. I have to go outside. For me, it's going outside and getting fresh air. And even if it's for five minutes or if it's a 30 minute walk, whatever that looks like, giving yourself the permission to close your laptop, change your scenery, go for a walk or go grab a snack from, if you work from home, go grab a snack from, from your uh, kitchen or whatever that is, or maybe changing your location altogether, go and work at a coffee shop or go and work at, you know, a, a park that has um, beautiful nature and scenery, like just trying to get out of your redundant in front of your screen uh, kind of creative space that you typically create in. Um, those, those are the, those are the tactics that me personally, I find valuable. So again, walking away, getting out of, you know, your space, definitely going outside if you can, and then just um, being able to just change your space even altogether, you know, kind of coming back to create that creative piece, do it in a different setting. Yeah. I mean, like you said, when you have just the change of environment, the different stimuli that are outside, I guess if I'm using that in the correct tense, uh, different yeah. st stimuluses, uh, different <laughs> stimuli that are out there being out at a park, uh, you know, you, yeah, there's still, it's a different environment. It's sunny. I know where you live, it's definitely sunny all the time. Uh, but it's, it can bring out a little bit more of a different level of creativity from you. It gets you past the block. You're, you're inside this box. You get out mentally. It just opens you up a little bit. One other thing that too, I would just share is like, for me, I kind of going back to what I was saying about like my to-do list and just wanting to check things off, right? Like wanting to be efficient and checking things off. For me, when I reach those blocks and I've gone to the team for help or I've gone outside for my walk or I've changed my setting, setting whatever it is, I notice that when I just give myself the permission to just stop and pause and maybe don't come back to it for another day, you know, it doesn't mean time permitting, you know, obviously in, in deadlines, but being able to give myself like the full, like mental shutdown of that one project or that one deliverable and coming back to it at a later date. I come with new ideas. I feel refreshed. I feel excited to work on it again. And it's okay if you can't get it all done in that one kind of sit down time period and, and allowing yourself that permission again to just come back to a later date when you've had time to just like shut down, rest, you know, and come with a, a fresh sense of perception yeah it's a good it's a good point too because i i've done this a couple times where i've i've gotten to that point where it's like hey i need to probably wrap this down a little bit and i'll ask a teammate say hey can we just throw some time on the calendar like a couple of days from now and can you help me think through this way through some of the 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 mental um molasses if you will and it's a so and if you have like to your point if you have that kind of support system it really goes a long way because for me i can take it's a, it's a huge weight off my shoulders. That frees me up because remember what we talked about, what's, what's our brain doing? It is, what's it like for us emotionally? It's, it's anxious. We have that anxiety. It can be stressful. All that's weighing you down. And then now I'm not saying you push the stress off to someone else, but it's more of, I have a, a way forward. And I know like mentally knowing that I can focus on these other things that could have been suffering because I was too tied up with what I needed to get done now. And so definitely thankful for having, and this isn't just in my professional life too. I've, I've done it to where like just working on the house, uh, remodeling things. There are certain things that I don't, there's a lot of things really that I don't know how to do, 
or I have to call in like a family member that, that knows how to do these things. And I could say, you know what? I don't have to think about that until they get here because I'm just going to sit here and stress about it. So um, doing shiplap for the first time, it was very stressful thinking about it. Joanna makes it look easy, right? But yeah, yeah it's like shippity, shippity, shiplap. But then once you have somebody help to show you different methods on how to put shiplap on a wall and next thing you know, uh, there's shiplap in every room. So it's, it's just one of those things that get you past that, that block. Well, Caitlin, I definitely want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Kyle. It's been so much fun, and I'm um, happy to join at a, at a later date. Anytime I'm invited back, so good to just pick your brain and you know be creative together. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely so much more to, to discuss on this topic. We just we only have so many hours in the day, so I definitely appreciate your time. And for the listeners, we're wrapping up our, our second year, our second season here at Thought Pioneering. So we will be doing some more episodes coming out in the, I would say, early of 2024, spring 2024. So be on the lookout for those. And I hope you all have a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>